2: The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: He led the field of the green flag. Can he lead the field of the checkered flag? Kyle Busch, one to go. White flag is in the air, and he is driving away. The battle is from second on back. He's leaving it all behind him. He's got a five-car length lead into turn one.
4: Hamlin is second. Joey Logano to the inside on Kyle Larson. Final time off two,
5: and it's all Kyle lead out the three car lengths. Now it's four. Denny Hamlin rides second. Another five car lengths back to Larson and Logano in a battle for third into turn three for the final time. Kyle Busch, the race leader. by
1: five car lengths up off turn number four. Kyle Bush looks up, sees the checkered flag. Kyle Busch will win the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I
6: mean, it's it's going well. Our, our short track stuff has been a struggle this year, and so we knew that we wanted to really come out here and set a focus on being able to run better at the shorter tracks. And uh, this isn't the short track package for the Arrow on the car. but um, I felt like this was a good precursor to hopefully what we've got coming for the rest of the year.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
7: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get set to head out west again to California. This weekend for some road racing. But before we do that we we'll live relive an exciting Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter and NASCAR Live Backtracks coming your way there. Also, over the weekend, I was in Portland with the NASCAR Xfinity Series, had a chance to catch up with Jordan Taylor. You'll hear that interview on this week's show. We'll also do a deeper dive onto the road course scene as we'll be venturing into some road course territory this summer. Plus, we'll preview all the action ahead of us this weekend at the Sonoma Raceway. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle?
8: Mike, despite Richard Childress and Austin Dillon's accusations that Austin Sindrick intentionally wrecked Dillon late in Sunday's race at Worldwide Technology Raceway, NASCAR will not penalize Sindrick. Elton Sawyer, NASCAR Senior Vice President of Competition, said Tuesday on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio that there would be no penalty to Sindrick after reviewing the contact. Rick Ware Racing has announced that Andy Lally will compete for the organization in five road course events this season, starting with Sonoma this weekend's Lally will drive the number 15 camping world Ford Fusion. The New York native has made 40 cup starts in his career. And the official entry lists are out for the weekend and there will be 41 drivers vying for 38 spots in this Saturday's Xfinity Series race at the Sonoma Raceway. Numerous cup drivers will attempt the double, including Ty Dillon, Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, AJ Allmendinger, Eric Almirola, Kyle Larson, and Ty Gibbs. Mike?
7: Thank you Kyle Coming up we'll put a cap on a wild weekend at Gateway With another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks The NASCAR season is here And Toyota Racing is looking for clashers Did you clash at the Coliseum With your favorite Toyota drivers Clashing with the HOA Who won't let you carve bell number 20 Into your lawn Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt Clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws If you're a clasher Then we want you Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing.
2: Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
7: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend, at worldwide technology raceway had the NASCAR Cup Series going at it again for their second time. And boy, did they put on a show. Let's relive all the action with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks.
3: It is sold out here, green flag just moments away and it's in the air and we are underway. A one hour, 45 minute red flag lifted, yellow flag soon to be lifted, green flag coming as the field comes off turn number four. Kyle Busch, Ryan
1: Blaney, they're looking for the green flag. Hit the Geico restart zone and we're racing again at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Fans rise to their feet. Kyle Busch on the outside lane, Ryan Blaney downstairs.
4: Side-by-side into the 11-degree banking of turn number one. Blaney on the inside lane. Kyle Busch letting it ride up high. Kyle's got the lead by half a car length, but they're still two-by-two. Kyle Busch, the leader, working his way
1: once again through turns three
3: and four. Kyle Busch across the line picking up the stage
1: one win. There were two big penalties handed out on this pit stop exchange. Both top five runners, Austin Sindrick, who is fifth, got busted for speeding, entering pit road. And the third-place car, Martin Truex Jr., will be penalized for removing equipment from the pit box. That's a tough break for both of those drivers.
4: Oh, one car gets turned
5: door-to-door, racing back into corner number three. The battle for the lead continues
3: off turn four. On lap number 60 at the front of the field, it looks like a pace lap to start the race. Side-by-side, side, inches apart, Bush and Blaney. It continues, wheel-to-wheel, wheel, back to one. Nobody giving an inch. It's about five
4: car lengths back to the third-place machine of Denny Hamlin. Again now, Blaney shoves Kyle Busch up the racetrack. New leader, Brian Blaney, to the back straightaway. Solid performance throughout
5: stage two today for Ryan Blaney, the race leader. Here he comes back into the corner. A lot of lap traffic straight ahead, and Kyle Bush hasn't given up yet. Kyle is right there
1: in second. Blaney with a big wiggle off turn number four. Here comes Kyle Bush coming to the green and white checkered flag in the end of the stage. Ryan Blaney will get there first. Ryan Blaney wins stage number two in front of Kyle Bush, who will be second. Denny Hamlin will be third, William Byron fourth, Daniel Suarez fifth, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was sixth, Joey Logano seventh, Kevin Harvick eighth, Ross Chastain ninth, and Martin Trex Jr. was tenth.
4: Trouble turn one, into the upside wall, Tyler Reddick may have been a right front tire failure, he did not turn at all
3: en route into turn number one. Larson going with two. Cliff Daniels wants track position on that Chevy Camaro. Stay tuned, we're gonna see what Larson does from the front of the field. 55 laps to go here this afternoon at World Wide Technology Raceway. Kyle Busch on the outside, but here comes Larson back on the inside. One more time, they are wheel to wheel.
4: Larson trying to keep a wheel to the inside of the Kyle Busch routine. Busch gets a good run off the top of two. He'll take the lead to the back straightaway.
5: Powerhouse move from Kyle Bush to reclaim the top spot here this evening as Kyle Larson slides back into second with Denny Hamlin right there pressuring him from third. They're going at it. Trouble for the- turn two.
4: Noah Gregson wallops the outside wall. Christopher Bell gets turned around he
1: scatters at the exit of the turn number two gray galding has come by the front straightaway off uh, power he's going to try to turn the car in and he can't do it the car is going to stop on the access road inside turn number one and the caution is going to fly gray galding had a chance to try to turn the car left behind the wall couldn't get the card there And he is going to come to a stop down there as we're going to go under the caution flag for the ninth time today.
3: Further up, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, side by side for third. Hamlin rim rides to the low lane on Blaney. They're up and into the wall. Everybody looking for a run to the green flag. Can we close it out here this evening with 15 laps remaining?
1: Here comes another wild restart. They hit the Geico restart zone. Kyle Busch from the outside lane jumps on the gas and the green goes in the air. This time he's got Denny Hamlin shoving him all the way to turn one
4: and that's going to give him the advantage into the banking of turn number one but Larson still got a bumper underneath him let's see if Kyle can finish him off he does at the exit of turn number two Bush back to the lead oh sideways Bubba Wallace hammers the wall
1: he lost the handle going Here we come up off turn four. They can't get on the gas until they hit the Geico restart zone. And Kyle Busch is the leader. He's the one that's going to be able to do it. He does it as soon as he gets the zone and gets a good jump. Kyle Busch will clear Kyle Larson already as they race to turn one.
3: He led the field of the green flag. Can he lead the field of the checkered flag? Kyle Busch, one to go. White flag is in the air and he is driving away. The battle is from second on back. He's leaving it all behind him. He's got a
4: five car length lead into turn one. Hamlin is second. Joey Logano to the inside
5: on Kyle Larson. Final time off two, and it's all Kyle Busch. Got the lead out the three car lengths. Now it's four. Denny Hamlin rides second. Another five car lengths back to Larson and Logano in a battle for third. Back into turn three for the final time. Kyle Busch, the race leader.
1: by five car lengths. Up off turn number four. Kyle Busch looks up, sees the checkered flag. Kyle Busch will win the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket smarter at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Kyle Busch wins it. Denny Hamlin second, Joey Logano third, Kyle Larson fourth, and Martin Trex Jr. is fifth.
3: You've won a Talladega Super Speedway. You've won an Auto Club, a big two-mile track, now a flat track. What does that mean about you and this team and how it's going this year? I mean,
6: it's it's going well. Our, our short track stuff has been a struggle this year, and so we knew that we wanted to really come out here and set a focus on being able to run better at the shorter tracks. And uh, this isn't the short track package for the aero on the cars, but um, I felt like this was a good precursor to hopefully what we've got
7: coming for the rest of the year. Coming up, we'll visit with Jordan Taylor as the sports car ace discusses his recent interest in NASCAR. And later, we'll break down all the road course racing NASCAR will complete this summer.
8: I'm craftsman in your hand, nothing stopping you. Now a chair, creaky stare, don't
1: need an engine repair. I'm craftsman in your hand, nothing you can't do. Like a lawn, Mickey John's.
3: From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com.
2: This is
3: NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike
7: Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend, three-time Rolex 24 Daytona winner Jordan Taylor competed for Colleg Racing in NASCAR Xfinity Series competition at Portland International Raceway in Oregon. Earlier this season, on the NASCAR Cup side of things, Jordan filled in for Chase Elliott at Circuit of the Americas when Chase was healing from injury. This past weekend, I had a chance to catch up with the 31-year-old to discuss his recent interest in NASCAR and more. Glad to have you back at a NASCAR track. How are you liking this NASCAR life these days?
9: Yeah, it's a much different world, but I uh, got a little taste at, at Coda and obviously getting involved with the Garage 56 guys. I've gotten to know guys, guys at Hendrix, so now we're here at Portland with Colleague Racing, my first Xfinity weekend. Um, yeah, I wish there was a little bit more practice time uh, tomorrow to kind of figure things out, but I think it'll be a fun weekend. With what you've done at Coda and you being here at Portland, has this increased your
7: curiosity of the NASCAR garage?
9: I mean, yeah, for sure. Coda piqued my interest. Um, I've always wondered kind of how I would adapt to a stock car. And, you know, we showed speed and practice and qualifying there. The race definitely didn't go to plan, but uh, I felt like I understood how to race the car. It was just understanding the racecraft side of things. So... Uh, yeah, I left COTA wanting to do more. Uh, I did a, my first oval race, a late model race in North Wilkesboro to get a taste of that. And then yeah, now we're here for my first Xfinity race. So. Um, yeah, getting a, a bit of a feel for all forms of NASCAR this year, but it's all good. It's all good experience, and yeah, hopefully it can build to something in the future.
7: How'd that trip to North Wilkesboro treat you?
9: Uh, I mean, to be honest, uh, I was asked, like, would you like to do a late model race? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I didn't realize it was going to be one of the biggest ones of the year uh, when I when I agreed to do that, but it was it was awesome. I mean, I think it's good when you get thrown at the, in, at the deep end like that, and I had never driven on an oval, never driven a late model. Uh, we did two little test days, but yeah, once we got to the weekend and like yeah, hopefully we make the race. I was like shocked. I was like, "Oh, we have to actually qualify to make the final race. It could be like crazy if we don't even make it." So Uh, I was proud that we made the race, you know, made the final and and raced well. I felt like I understood how to race the car and got more comfortable leaning on guys door-to-door, bumper-to-bumper, and, you know, got a good feel for it. So, yeah, I I love that experience, and I'd definitely be open to more.
7: Which, if you do that in sports car racing, you're about to run run the risk of getting the ire of the tower, you can be more physical over on NASCAR. For our fans that don't know, for our listeners that don't know, you obviously make your living in sports cars and, and that form of racing. This is different. For you, what do you do differently here? when you run a cup car or an Xfinity car like you are this weekend?
9: Yeah, I mean, everything's different from the preparation to the driving style to the race craft. So getting a taste of it at Coda was eye-opening. There was so much stuff to learn. So I feel like coming here, I have a better understanding. Um, it feels like I'm not drinking out of a fire hose as much. Um, it's still a lot of information, but I feel like I understand the basics. So on a sports career weekend, you know, one of the biggest differences is the garages are open to fans and everything, so it's very quiet on a on a cup weekend or an Xfinity weekend, not seeing many people. That part's a big adaption to, to kind of understand the flow of the weekend's much different. The car's always under impound here. Or in you know, sports cars you're always working on it. You can always hop in, you know, work on little adjustments. Uh, And then, yeah, um, the way the tires fall off, the tire degradation's, you know, night and day different. I'm used to having a teammate and splitting practice sessions and qualifying in the race and understanding how to compromise between, you know, drivers on a setup and a seat. So when I come here, I can be greedy with my seat and and make it just how I want. So those parts are awesome. Um, And I I, I like the old school nature of NASCAR and and IMSA and, and sports car racing in general. There's so many rules and regulations that everything's homologated to a T and in NASCAR you still have that creativity side of it and when you get to the racetrack it's on the team and the driver to execute to to be successful and there's so many rules in sports car racing that can kind of help and hurt you Uh, it's fun to come here and just focus on myself and my team and, and work on you know making our package the best possible
7: and once you get done with this then you've got a long airline flight long airplane trip to France for the 24 hours of Le Mans continuing with this theme about maybe our fans don't know the significance of that race and the paces that it puts a team through. Obviously, stuff's got to come over by boat. It's there when you get there. How long is the flight to France? The significance for you for the 24 Hours of Le Mans coming up?
9: Yeah, so this year is my first year not racing, so I'll be there with Garage 56 kind of as a call me the coach, but I'm more of like a consultant and helping out throughout the program, but yeah, I think they shipped over something like 18 tons of equipment for that event, so that shipping process started months ago. Uh, they're all there this weekend already. The test day is uh, Sunday this weekend, so I'll miss that. I'll fly over Sunday morning after our race here in Portland and, and be there for the Monday. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a massive event over at for people that don't know. It's one of the biggest sports car events in the world. National Geographic actually ranked it the number one sporting event in the world one of the years, so it attracts some, somewhere between 250 and 300,000 people every year, so it's a massive event that a lot of people haven't heard of on, on the state side, but for NASCAR going there after so many decades of, of not being there is, is super cool. I know being with Corvette racing all those years, bringing a a V8, thundering V8 over to Le Mans, it's always a fan favorite. So I know that people are gonna go crazy for a NASCAR going down the famous Mulsanne straight there. And I know everyone at Hendrick Motorsports and Chevrolet have have been working, you know, day and night for for years now to, to get this program running. So I'm excited to see how it does.
7: How much time and effort has been put into this? It's not like you just say, hey, let's get a car and slap this on it, slap that on it and let's go to France. What's the lead
9: time like for this project? I mean, they started testing it probably this, uh, yeah, probably June of last year, first on-track car, but I think developments and designs started before then. I I know they've done tons of iterations through wind tunnels and and CFD designs for, for aero upgrades, and then that all goes through their own testing, and then it goes to the FIA, who's the sanctioning body there, to kind of either allow it or disallow it to kind of see where the car is going to fit into a box speed-wise um, in the race itself. So, yeah, I, my, my, pro, my my sort of role there started back in December of last year. We were testing at Daytona. We've done two or three tests at Sebring. We did a test at Coda. One of our tests at Sebring was a full-on 24-hour test where we drove all through the night for 24 hours between the four drivers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they definitely haven't taken it lightly. Um, it's awesome to be involved with a program like that with Hendrick Motorsports. A team that really, you know, takes it seriously and, and it's fun to watch the the engineers and the crew chiefs and, and everyone um, you know build something from the ground up like that. It's been a fun project. Well and and that's a bunch of innovators, right? So you have a very successful race team, but totally
7: new to them. They've not been in the sports car business, they've never been to Lamont. What's it like watching them learn? catch on and then start to throw things at the car and really get pumped up about the event
9: yeah that was the fun part about my role is that they're all coming from a stock car background you know Jimmy's coming from a stock car background we have Mike Rockenfeller who's the only other sports car guy and then Jensen Button comes from Formula 1 so my background has been helpful just understanding the sports car side and, and the Lamas specific things with the rules and regulations there so you know a stock car doesn't have any buttons on the steering wheel now we have you know 15, 15 buttons and 4 knobs on it so Jimmy's like well I don't know what all these things do? Uh, it's paddle shift. It's got carbon brakes. There's so many different, you know, regulations on the track. There's there's things called slow zones where you need to be, uh, you know, maintaining 80 kilometers per hour. There's a pit speed limiter at 60 kph. So there's so many little details that are so easy to overlook for someone that's looking from, you know, a helicopter view, whereas I can come in and kind of help nail some of those small details that would be easily overlooked. You know, you know, come this week. So. I hope that we're all, I'm pretty sure we're all very well prepared. You know, the rulebook's much different from a NASCAR rulebook. So uh, I know the guys have gone over and over and over everything. So I think uh, they're very well prepared. So you go over to France. We'll run the 24 hours of Le Mans. You'll come back. What's
7: next for you? Is there anything to perhaps maybe a little more NASCAR action in your future?
9: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do some more NASCAR stuff. Um, There's nothing planned, you know, right now. But, you know, I'm definitely going to keep looking, you know, here and there. You know road courses for sure i love to try an oval at some point you know i got my taste with a with a late model and loved it so i'd love to do some more of that just to kind of get some more experience and more understanding of what i need to learn but yeah next up for me will be the walk-ins gun six hour and, and the rest of our IMTA championship so we're still in the hunt to kind of try win that championship and you know send off our this is the last year of our corvette c8r so hopefully I have a good send-off for that car as well
7: before we let you go did rodney sandstorm your credentials for this weekend
9: i don't know if they got him one he's probably going to be in the stand somewhere yeah he'll be around this weekend though. he's a hoverer you know that rodney <laughs> exactly <laughs>
7: Uh, It was great visiting with Jordan Taylor in Portland over the weekend. Coming up, we'll do a deep dive on all the upcoming road courses the NASCAR Cup Series will venture to this summer. And later, we'll preview this weekend's action at Sonoma.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back
7: to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Across the three NASCAR National Series, this summer we will race at numerous road courses across the country, providing us one of the most diverse schedules the sport has ever seen. Our Tim Cavalfamo is here to break it all down.
0: The summer months are always a great time for a good road trip. And that's exactly what all three of NASCAR's top series will be doing over the next few months it will truly be the summer of road course racing. The Cup Series, for example, has four road courses on their schedule during the summer months, while the Xfinity Series has a whopping six. And the Truck Series will also add one of their own.
4: Here we come off turn number 12. Going to be a drag race to the line. Custer's got the command out in front. Allgaier's on his bumper, but he's not going to get there. Cole Custer,
0: your winner at the Pacific Automation 147 at Portland International Raceway. While things kicked off this past week, in important for the Xfinity Series first road course of the summer, they will really begin to shift into high gear this weekend at Sonoma Raceway in California. The course is just short of two miles and features elevation changes, along with one of the most famous corners in the sport, the Hairpin Turn 11. Both Xfinity and Cup Series drivers will be looking to celebrate in the heart of wine country. A few weeks later, we'll all see something we've never seen before in NASCAR a street course. The stars and cars of the NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series will race their way through the streets of downtown Chicago. The race, which is the brainchild of Ben Kennedy, has been in the work since an all-star iRacing event took place on a digital version of the course a few
9: years ago. A massive team effort. This has been a journey similar to Coliseum. We started this in the fall of 2019. Um, we went out about a year or so after that, had iRacing laser scan the streets. That's when, if a lot of fans remember, we had the virtual event on iRacing in uh, June of 2021 to be able to test out the course. And I would say, you know, that's kind of been the, the big thing we want to make sure we get right, right? Our racing product is so cool to us and our DNA. Uh, I want to make sure we put on a great race for the fans. So once iRacing went out they scanned the tracks. We ran it virtually. We had the cup drivers jump on it for a while. Um, We actually made some changes to the configuration of the track. Moved pit road around a little bit and ultimately got to this final layout. And that was important to us is make sure that we have a good track There's wide parts of it where I think there'll be a lot of passing, um, and hopefully we'll see some good racing on Saturday and Sunday. The week after the 4th of July holiday weekend on the street course in Chicago,
0: the Truck Series will enter the road racing spotlight with a standalone event at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Last year's event was one of the best truck races of 2022, with Parker Kligerman coming out on top after a thrilling final few laps.
5: Zane Smith continues to give chase, but Parker Kligerman opens up by another truck link, working his way through the carousel, headed down toward turn number 12. Kligerman with the lead. Zane Smith is still there right behind. Here comes Zane Smith. He tries to shove a fender up alongside of Kligerman. Kligerman cuts him off. And Parker Klingerman has won the O'Reilly Auto Parts 150 at Mid-Ohio.
0: While the month of July will start on the streets of Chicago... It will also end on a road course in the same region of the country when the Xfinity Series holds a standalone event at the sprawling four-mile road course known as Road America.
3: 19-year-old driver from Charlotte, North Carolina, pulling away by one, by two, now by three. Car links, it's all over. At Road America, across the line goes Ty Gibbs career win. Number eight. He made the move back in Canada corner by pulling away from Kyle. Larson and never looking back.
0: As the heat of the summer reaches its peak, so will the summer of road racing, as back-to-back road course races in August will be part of the playoff push for both the Xfinity Series and Cup Series teams. The first of those two road races will take place on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The Xfinity and Cup Series drivers will share the 2.4-mile layout that weekend with the stars of the IndyCar Series on August 12th and 13th with the main event, of course, being the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. Last year was a wild affair filled with multiple late-race restarts. In the end, no one had anything for Tyler Rennick. Just one week later, the road trip ends in upstate New York at the track many call the perfect road course for stock cars.
3: Final time off turn seven. He is ready to go back-to-back back at the Glen. Off seven, final time. Checkered flag is in the air. Here comes Kyle Larson, and he will score the win yet again. He won it last year. He's won it here this afternoon in the Goat Bowling at the Glen. Kyle Larson across the line.
0: Watkins Glen International held its first NASCAR Cup Series of event in the 1950s and consistently has held events since 1986, making it the longest current running road course in NASCAR. The 2.45 mile course features the iconic bus stop, which has been home to many iconic moments throughout the years. Could this year's Gold Bowling at the Glen feature another iconic moment? That's a question we'll have to wait a few months to answer. With all that being said, the appetite for road course racing will begin to be satisfied this weekend in Sonoma. And with road course aces like Chase Elliott, A.J. Almendinger, Austin Cedric, and Chase Briscoe all still needing wins to secure a playoff spot, this summer's road trip could be one of the most important and exciting ever.
7: Thank you, Tim. Coming up, we'll preview the upcoming Toyota Savemart 350 at Sonoma Raceway. And later, we'll discuss the history of Riverside International Raceway and its impact on NASCAR to this very day.
0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: This
7: is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Last season, Daniel Suarez made NASCAR history at Sonoma Raceway by becoming the first Mexican-born driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series race. This weekend, the Cup Series will return to Sonoma's road course with hopes of tasting the same success that Suarez had there last year. Our Kyle Ricky is here to help us preview the action.
8: After a weekend near the Gateway to the West in St. Louis, NASCAR will officially go through that gateway all the way to the West Coast for their annual trip to Sonoma Raceway. The race will be the second road course race of the season for the Cup Series after Tyler Reddick's dominant win at the Circuit of the Americas in March. Heading into this weekend, there's a new driver atop the point standings. Ryan Blaney has assumed the lead a week after his win in the Coca-Cola 600. Heading to Sonoma, Blaney lists the track as one of his favorite road courses and highlights just how drastic the elevation changes at the track are. Yeah, I enjoy Sonoma.
6: You know, each road course is different and they have their own unique qualities to them. You know, but Sonoma is unique. It has so much elevation change and it's kind of hard to see on TV of how much, you know, like you drive up the hill into turn one leading to turn two and how far you go downhill going into turn Five. It's it's amazing. Uh, The elevation changes there out in California. So um, I like it. It's a very low grip racetrack. uh, Sitting in the California sun for many years, it it just has no grip. So you have to be really mindful of that. Uh, So I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, we've had decent runs there, and leads into our off week. So that'd be nice to to get a victory out there and drink some wine in Victory Lane. That would be uh, that'd be pretty neat. But yeah, I love Sonoma. I love the area. I love the racetrack, and the people out there are are great too when they come to the racetrack.
8: Right behind Blaney in the standings is William Byron. One of the two three-time winners in the Cup Series this season, Byron trails Blaney by just 13 points. Byron will look to assume the points lead this weekend as Sonoma and says his team's road course program is in a much better place than it was this time last year when they last visited Wine Country.
6: I feel like that those notes will still apply, but we've come a long way with our road course program, and I think that that'll pay off in uh at Sonoma. It's such low grip. Um, you really have to manage the tire fall off. And I feel like Coda was that way and, and we were pretty strong there. So still some work to do to get where the 45 was, but hopefully, hopefully at Sonoma we we'll make a lot more progress.
8: While Byron is in a battle for the points lead, his teammate Alex Bowman is in a battle near the playoff bubble. After a 26th place finish this past weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway, Bowman now trails Daniel Suarez by six points for the final spot in the playoffs. If not for missing multiple races due to a back injury, Bowman's playoff spot would likely be secured. The driver of the 48 knows he's in need of a good run this weekend at Sonoma, but admits it will be a challenge as he
1: continues the recovery from that injury. I think I have a lot of challenges ahead of me for sure. Sonoma's not going to feel good, how tall the curbs are, stiff the race cars are. That race is physical in general. So, like, my challenges are going to be that. My challenges are going to be the fact that I sat on the couch for the last month and wasn't able to train. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to be difficult to uh, to catch back up on. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident I'll be fine. It may not be the most fun, but uh,
8: I'll be fine. While points are important for Bowman, Blaney, and Byron, the same cannot be said for Chase Briscoe. After receiving a 120-point penalty because of a counterfeit part being found on his car at Charlotte, briscoe knows he must win one of the next 11 races if he wants to make the 16 driver field for the second straight season this weekend might be a great time to do it considering road course racing has become a bit of a specialty for the indiana driver while he's great at it now briscoe explains that road racing didn't actually come naturally to him and he credits a fellow Ford driver for much of his development.
6: You know, at the, at the beginning of my career in the truck series and even the beginning of the Xfinity series, I always had a blast going there. I was just four seconds off the pace every time I would go. So I always felt like I was going fast, wasn't really going that fast. And, and then uh, in 2018, Ford had me go run, I want to say, seven out of the ten IMSA races that year, and I was actually paired with Austin Sendrick. So, you know, in the IMSA stuff, you share the car with another driver, so it's it's really important for him to make sure I'm as fast as I could possibly be. Austin is just an incredible road course racer. And I was able to go through data with him after every session and, and he would help me, coach me along the way. And, you know, now I'm sure he probably regrets it because I feel like we've had so many good battles on the road course side. But yeah, without Cindrick, I would say I would still be way out the pace, you know, but he, he really showed me the important aspects of road course racing and how to, to make the most time. And as I started doing it more and more, it just kind of clicked more and more and I definitely feel like my dirt background has helped me, but I would I would definitely say that I was not very good at it at the beginning, um, but I've been able to get a lot better at it for sure.
8: Another driver who won't be concerned about points this Sunday is Zane Smith. The front row motorsports driver will remain active during the truck series off weekend by continuing his limited 2023 Cup schedule. Smith finished second to Kyle Busch in the truck race at Sonoma last year, and says there are multiple reasons why this was an important date to be on his schedule this year.
6: Well, one, it's at home for me—a different piece of California, but um, it's cool to to get back to the home stay and, and really just road courses in general. I just am so excited during the uh, the whole week of uh, whenever it is a road course. Uh, Race So I just really enjoy uh, road course racing, especially in stock cars. And Sonoma is a a great racetrack. So I had a lot of fun there in the truck and looking forward to a cup car there.
8: Can Smith better his career best 10th place finish in the Coca-Cola 600 when he returns to his home state this weekend? He will have to compete with the likes of Blaney, Byron, Bowman and Briscoe to do so when the green flag for the Toyota Save Mart 350 drops on Sunday afternoon.
7: Thank you, Kyle. That's Sonoma Raceway Preview brought to you by Wheelin Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we discuss the history of Riverside International Raceway and its impact on road course racing in California today. And later, we'll take a trip down memory lane and flashback to the 1991 Banquet Foods 300.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a
6: big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn
0: more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
7: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Up until 1989, the NASCAR Cup Series raced at Riverside International Raceway. Back then, it was known for its hot, dusty environment, providing a difficult challenge for competitors. This circuit was one of the sport's first premier road courses. Here to recap the history and importance of Riverside is MRN's Kurt Becker.
5: This weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series heads back to the California Sunshine for the road course challenge of Sonoma Raceway. But before Sonoma, there was another California road course that annually played host to the sport's best. From 1958 through 1988, the NASCAR Cup Series raced annually at Riverside International Raceway, a 2.62-mile road course circuit located in the Inland Empire region. Of the various California tracks from NASCAR's early days, Riverside was able to survive and play a major role in what became NASCAR's modern era. Gardena, California native Eddie Gray won the first race at Riverside in June of nineteen fifty-eight in what was then known as the NASCAR Grand National Series. Gray best to the field of forty-six cars in his Ford that afternoon. Known more for his career in Formula One, champ car and sports car racing, Dan Gurney dominated the early days at Riverside. Gurney won each of his Riverside starts between 1963 and 1966 and again in 1968. Of Gurney's 16 career Cup Series starts, his five wins all came at Riverside. Gurney's five victories are tied for second most in the track's history. Joining Gurney on that list is the king, Richard Petty. Petty first took the checkers at Riverside in 1969, ending Gurney's dominant streak. Petty would again win in 1970 and in 1972 when he went to victory lane to open the season.
0: There goes Petty now past, past the uh, champion bridge and then into turn number nine, the long sweeping right-hand turn, and he'll come back around in front of the tower, Richard Petty.
11: So the champion remains the champion. That unparalleled story in the history of auto racing. The Petty family of Randall, North Carolina, and they are about to conquer Riverside, California for the second time. He takes it all. Conover 43, Petty, wins the Winston Western 500.
5: Yes, there was a time when the Daytona 500 was not the season opening race. In fact, from 1970 through 1981, Riverside played host to the Cup Series opener. One of the more dramatic starts to the season came in January of 1974, when NASCAR Hall of Famer Cale Yarborough defeated Petty in a thrilling race to the Checkers.
11: Here they come for the final time. A fabulous battle between two of the most famous fender flailers in motor racing. Cale Yarborough, Timminsville, South Carolina. Petty's right behind him now as they come down. And I mean by that about three seconds. Petty drives it down in the dirt. Here comes Kayleigh Arbor out of turn number nine. What a dramatic finish to the first race in the Winston Series 1974 at the line. Ladies and gentlemen, Chevrolet wins its first road race victory ever at Riverside, California.
5: 1981 would bring the end of Riverside hosting the annual NASCAR kickoff event as the track's two race dates, January and June, would change to June and November. As part of that change, Riverside would become host of the Cup Series season finale from 1981 through 1986, NASCAR Cup Series champions were crowned at the Southern California road course. One of those champions would be Bobby Allison, the leader of the Alabama gang. Allison holds the record for the most Cup Series wins at Riverside with six. The first of those victories came in 1971 in the Golden State 400, while the next came in the 1973 Two-Borg 400 over Richard Petty. Here he
11: comes. Ladies and gentlemen, the leader of the Alabama gang is coming across with a checkered flag very easily Bobby Allison has won two board 400 today at Riverside International Raceway in California.
5: Allison would win four more times at Riverside between 1975 and 1981 but none of those victories matched the feeling he had on the afternoon of November 20th 1983 when he was crowned the Cup Series champion. Further back in the field here comes the new Winston Cup champion
4: waving as he crosses and takes the checkered flag Bobby Allison has won his championship.
11: Congratulations, fellow, on that first Winston Cup championship. Oh, Ned, what a thrill. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, problems all day long, but uh, the team just kept on working on them and overcoming them. And uh, when we got a lap down, we showed that the car could make that lap up, but we knew we just had to protect that lead. And, we got it. I'm so happy. I don't know what to do.
5: And then there is Terry Labonte. Five months after winning the summer race there, Terry Labonte would celebrate his first Cup Series championship at Riverside in 1984.
9: Thank you, Ned. Uh, you know, it's an awful good day for us. Uh, I'd like to thank the crew. They just did a fantastic job preparing the car. It ran super all day long. Our sponsor, Piedmont Airlines, uh, it's just been a terrific season for us. Uh, I'd like to welcome our new associate sponsor, an- Anderson Webb Trucking. Uh, like to say hello to all my friends
5: at uh, Park Chevrolet in Kernersville. While he never won at Riverside, Dale Earnhardt is among those to conclude a championship season at the track, having done so in
11: 1986. Again, our congratulations headed to New York. I got to pick up another big check. Uh, I know you don't need the money, but I know you'll you'll take the check. It's the same. Yeah, I, I will uh, you know I like to say thanks to all my fans and uh, everybody to push us on, help us with the championship, and uh, you know it was just a great year for us. While
5: Bobby Allison may hold the record for Cup Series wins at Riverside, the true king of Riverside is arguably Darrell Waltrip, having won at the road course 11 times, once in the international race of champions, five times in the West Series, and five times in the NASCAR Cup Series. DW also celebrated all three of his Cup Series championships at Riverside, the last coming in 1985. Praise the Lord, uh, Ned, and thank him for a great day and a, a great year. We uh, are very humbled by our success today and uh, we just look forward to a lot more races like today and I want to say hi to everybody at home, mom and dad and Stevie's mom and dad and all my Bible study buddies that got together today to watch us on TV and thank everybody that uh, has anything to do with the car, Budweiser, Valvoline, Kentucky Fried Chicken and so on and so forth. Good year. they did a great job for us all year. Everybody that's helped us accomplish this feat, uh, we owe them a lot. In 1988, Riverside would end its 30-year stint on the Cup Series schedule as news broke that the land would be sold for real estate development, including housing and a shopping mall. Rusty Wallace would officially bring down the curtain, winning the final two races at the track.
11: Here's Rusty Wallace, all by himself, about to win the Winston Western 500 to close out the season out here for himself.
5: Sonoma Raceway, then known as Sears Point, took the place of Riverside in 1989 as NASCAR's California road course of choice but the legacy of riverside remains as several of nascar's all-time greats realize some of their greatest career accomplishments at the track and while the track itself is no more the success of riverside lives on today through the continued growth of the sport in california as will be demonstrated again this weekend at sonoma
7: thank you kurt coming up we'll flashback to the wild 1991 banquet frozen foods 300
2: This is NASCAR
7: Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Before we head to the exits, let's go back into the MRN time machine and listen to the conclusion of the 1991 Banquet Frozen Foods 300
0: lap car of Dave Marcus It's about five car lengths until they'll catch up to him. Davey Allison now sets up for turn number six. Downhill through the carousel. Down to the bottom of the racetrack. Now Allison slides up the racetrack just a bit. Marcus still ahead as they head down the hill. Davey Allison trying to break the Rudd and Wallace stranglehold on Winston Cup Road Racing. Up the drag strip, still running behind the Dave Marcus car. Rudd has about five car lengths to make up on Allison. Rudd very late braking. Closes right up on the back deck of Allison now. Make it one car length as they come off the hairpin and start to head down to the S's. And Allison
4: and Ricky Rudd will have to contend with Dave Marcus's slower car. Allison by three car lengths under the Goodyear Bridge. Left into turn eight. Back to the right as they work the S's. Downhill now. Short straightaway. Marcus's lap car still in front of Davey Allison. Allison trying to find room to get by as they're under the bridge.
5: classic battle for the lead between Ford and Chevrolet. The Ford has it right now going to the high side of the Chevrolet of Dave Marcus. That allows Ricky Rudd to close in to only a half car length as they head into the hairpin.
11: Ricky Rudd is going to have one final lap to do it. They'll take the white. Davy Allison spins as they go into the corner. Davey Allison looked like he might have backed off just a second. A little contact between the two. Allison spins it around and Ricky Rudd has got the lead and here comes Rudd to take the white flag as he heads back up the hill on the final time around this course. Let's see. Davey Allison, here he comes. He gets the car fired. He still hangs on to second spot. So Davey Allison drops back, but now he's going to have his hands full to hang on to the second place with Rusty Wallace. They're heading up for turn three. Ricky Rudd just comes off turn number two now. Comes down to the bottom of the hill, turn three. Here's Davey Allison coming off the corner, looking behind him. He sees the Rusty Wallace
0: car closing in. Just a couple of car lengths back. Then back in the fourth position, the Kenny Schrader car further back. The Mark Martin machine still running up in the top ten. The race leader, though, Ricky Rudd for the last time, heads to turn five. 25 car length advantage for Rudd now as he heads down to turn number six. He'll tuck it down to the bottom of the racetrack. The car working well on the low side. Davy Allison with about five car lengths on the rusty Wallace machine. That is the battle for second as they head down the hill. Ricky Rudd started on the pole trying to win and pick up that big pot of Unical money. He's about a half a lap from the checkered flag. He's down to the hairpin at the end of the straightaway. Second gear, the hard right turn. He'll not get a challenge unless he has a problem. Here's Rudd back on the throttle headed down to the S's. Rudd all by himself with open racetrack after some amazing reversals
4: of fortune here in the waning moments of the Banquet 300 at Sears Point. Rudd clearing Dave Marcus last time around by himself now through the S's. Downhill toward the left hand, turns and Rudd will take it easy now under the Winston Cup Bridge, your leader.
5: Sailing for Ricky Rudd. He comes under the Winston Cup Bridge, lets it drift out very gently, doesn't even get all the way up to full speed because he didn't go out there where the fast line was. He's backed off the second gear and into the hairpin on his way to victory.
10: Well, Ricky Rudd looking at a $45,000 bonus from Unical. He had to muscle his way through turn 11 with Davey Allison. Here comes the Tide Chevrolet. He will get to the start finish line, receiving the checkered flag and the black flag both at the same time from Doyle Ford and this one is an interesting finish to say the very least. We have seen a little bit of it all. Eli? Let's go down to the pit area. Yeah, What Waddell's standing here. What Waddell, what is it saying? Well, you know, I don't understand this. I mean, they've told us in driver's meeting the last lap you're on your own and Ricky was driving as hard as he could hoping to be able to get by the 28 touched him and now they want a black flag us? this is ridiculous okay well they got a little problem down here all right they uh, not a uh, not happy campers right here in this pit anyway Well, we'll have to wait and see exactly how all of this shakes down. Ricky Rudd was given the black flag and they had his number still at this moment on the black flag board as he and Davey Allison went through turn number 11 from our vantage point. They made contact. So it seemed Davey spun around and they put the number five on the black flag board. And you hear the uh, lack of clarity down on the pit lane right now. Here comes Davey Allison. He has made a right-hand turn at the exit of the carousel towards the drag strip. Everybody else goes one way. Davey is going the other way. And uh, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if Davey Allison ends up in uh, the victory lane area. We'll have to wait and see how this all shakes down here at Sears Point. You can catch that race in full on MRN.com. Catch
7: classic races every week here on the Motor Racing Network. Well, that's all the time we have for you for this week. I'd like to thank Jordan Taylor for stopping by. I'm Mike Bagley, And for the rest of the MRN crew, we appreciate you for joining us as well. We'll chat with you with NASCAR Live wide open That's Thursday. And also right back here on NASCAR Live next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, so long, everybody.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.